Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and I am obsessed with helping you be productive in a distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for my free seven-day productivity challenge by going to my website, mrproductivity.com. Mr. is all spelled out. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will give you strategies on how you can become a more productive version of yourself. Just go to mrproductivity.com. Dot com. Today, I'm talking to Pradeep Senga. He is the mentor for men in business, but this show is not just for men because we are going to be talking about, well, let me ask you this. Are you living life to your fullest potential? Would you like to become limitless? That's what we're going to talk about today. That and success and so much more. Let's get right to the show. Pradeep, welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Hey Mark, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I really loved your your uh, your intro you sent me. Of course, I opened up the wrong wrong tab on my computer here. It says <laughs> you're the mentor for men in business, but then it also says you teach men how to unlock their full potential to become limitless. The word limitless. Who doesn't want to become limitless? So. First of all, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, how you got into what you do, and then we'll get into giving people some strategies, simple strategies, because I'm a big fan of simplicity and how they can become limitless. But first of all, who are you and why do you start doing what you do? Yeah, sure. So obviously, my name is Pradeep Sangha. So I, I work specifically with men in business. I do work with some women as well, but I, I do uh, two things in particular. One is I help them grow and scale their business. Um, and the second fold is really is helping them transition to be the person that they want to be, to be able to think, feel, act, and be whether it's the man or woman that they want to be in life. So whether that's the business leader, the husband, the father, whoever it is, it's really helping them transition into that. Uh, and because I'm a firm believer that everybody has limitless potential. So I, going through the system that I've used with many people over the last decade and so uh, longer, you know, we really as human beings have the ability to do so much. Um, and so helping people with a systemized way, I, I like how you said, keeping it simple, um, actually un- uncover their potential and actually live that out is essentially what I do in a nutshell. I, I love that because I believe that everyone is put on this big blue planet of ours for a reason. And I didn't figure out what that was for me. I'm 54 years young now. It's about four years ago. I had no clue what I want to do in my life. <laughs> so if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I don't know what I want to do. It's okay. You're still living. You're still alive. You're still sucking breath. So it's okay. I, I think uh, it was in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill said that most people don't find true success until their 50s or 60s. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule today, Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg, but people need to understand that if you're 25, 35, 45, and you don't know what you want to do with your life, it's okay. You're still alive. Yeah. And I think the most important, you talked about success. I think that's one of the biggest things because success means different things to different people. Yes. And so that is the most important thing. And I think we've, we've also pigeonholed people to say that, Hey, look, success looks like this. And this is what it should look like for you as well. Yes. And I think that's why a lot of people do not feel like they're successful is because they're trying to be successful in a way that other people want them to be. So I think the biggest thing is really evaluating what success means to you as a human being, as a person, as a husband, as a mother, father, whoever you are, 
and really putting the external influences aside from everyone, first of all, and sitting there and ask yourself, you know, who is it that I want to be? And am I happy with who I am right now? Because if you are truly happy with who you are right now, that's the most important thing. You can get happier by doing other things and achieving other things that you want. But I know that from experience that a lot of people are not. I know a lot of people that will go through that exercise and feel like they're not comfortable with who they are. They want to be a different way, whether they want to have more confidence, whether they want to have more love or fulfillment in their life. They, they feel like something is lacking. Yeah, I used to define success as having a lot of money, mm-hmm. private planes, private boats, or private yachts, I guess you could say, universes. I wanted it all. And then I realized, because I was on a podcast not too long ago, they said, how do you define success? And for me, it comes down to happiness, because I believe money is a magnifier. If you're a miserable jerk and you're broke and you become a billionaire, you're probably going to be a miserable jerk. It's just a magnifier. <laughs> and, and so I, I agree with you. I don't think there is a standard definition of success. We all have our own definition of success. But while we're talking about it, how do you, Pradeep, define success? Oh, for myself, yeah, that's a great question. So for me, is living a life full of, of love. I think that's the biggest component that I take a look at. Raising a happy family and raising children that are actually doing things to better this world. That's how I define success. Um, and then also the work that I do, helping other people. So my work for me is a big component, not from the financial standpoint, although that is a component. It's really helping other people to live out what they want and, and experience the things that they want from life. That for me is success. If I can utilize my skills to the best I can and help other people, that to me is what success is. You know, as I study high performers, as I study successful people, they are very generous with their knowledge, with their time, with their money. It's almost like I I took Dave Ramsey's course, uh, Financial Peace University, a number of years ago with my wife, and there are people hold the money in their hand with a tight fist, and they don't let anything out, but when you have a closed fist, nothing can get in, and if you look at wealthy people, successful people, they're very generous. They have an open hand. Money comes and money goes. And I think if you are obsessed with money, money is like, it's just an object. Money can, uh, they, it can buy drugs and be given to high school kids or money can be used to build a hospital. So money is not inherently be- uh, bad. The Bible says money, the root, the money, back up. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Let me get that right. I've read the Bible 12 yeah. times. And I forgot that. But <laughs> nothing like, like being alive in the podcast. But I think when people are obsessed about money, they want the new car. I remember my grandmother, my grandparents paid, passed away. But back in the, I think, 40s when they bought their house, nope, there was no mortgages. You, you saved up. Now, houses cost $15,000 down there back then, but $15,000 then is like $150,000, $200,000 today. But you didn't go to the bank for credit. You saved money to buy a house. You saved money to buy a car. Now people just go online. They get a credit card. They go get a loan. They go buy the new toy. And and then they don't, I don't think you really appreciate as much when you just go get it on credit as if you spent the hard-earned money or the time to earn the money. Would you agree? Oh, totally. Because that comes back to what a lot of people are missing out these days, because we're in a society where everything is kind of given to you and it's all about ease and all about convenience. It's about having value, right? And that is one of the things that helps people live a happier life is to know that they add value. 
to someone else, to some aspect of life. And we've kind of strayed away from that. So everything comes down to value. And so it could be simple. You know, I, that's why I see some people that are just happy that, is, for example, a stay-at-home mom that's raising happy children. For, for that mother, that is true success. Another dollar wouldn't make her any happier. Right. So I totally agree with you from that standpoint. And we do. It's the laws of the universe. Whatever we concentrate on is what we get back. So if we are, as you mentioned, that's a great analogy. I love it. Tight-fisted, that's exactly what we're going to experience as well. So when we're flowing and we're actually enabling other people to live their lives and actually giving love openly, then that's what we receive as well. And all you have to do is look at someone like Mother Teresa. She was poor, but she was really happy. Mm -hmm. Why? She was doing what she was called to do on this big blue planet of ours. And so I think everybody who listens to this episode needs to take a few minutes if they haven't done so already and say, what does success mean to me? Not my not my spouse, not my kids, not my parents, not my friends, not my coworkers, not my employer. What does it mean to me? And I, I would probably guess that most people never do this exercise. They never ask that question. They're just go, 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 go. What's the next best thing? How can I buy it on credit? How can I get the next new toy? But they don't stop for a few minutes and go, what does success mean to me? Because that's got a lot to do with our attitude, with our motivation, with our inspiration, our encouragement. Because if we don't know why we're doing what we're doing, well, then why are we doing it? Yeah. And if I can, uh, this is what I do when I work with um, individuals and entrepreneurs is when they, they typically come to me and say, Hey, Pradeep, I, I, I need your help growing my business, whether it's with my marketing or my sales, but I double, I want to double my revenue, whatever that is. And one of the first questions I ask them is, how do you want to feel at the end of the day? Hmm. What are the top three to five emotions? And they kind of look at me with an odd face and say, what does that have to do with business? <laughs> well, it has every single thing to do with business. Because yes. if you reach that goal and you still don't feel those emotions, then everything that we've worked on, whether for this three months, the year, however long it took, is all gone to waste. Yep. So this is how people build. The people right now are building their life backwards. This is how it should be built. Basically, you say, okay, these are the top three to five emotions I want to feel on a regular basis. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's compassion. Maybe it's passion. Whatever it is that you want to feel on a regular basis in your life. And then you work backwards and say, what kind of lifestyle will support that? So, because I've had people come to me and say, I want to make, I want to make a hundred million dollars. So I'm just kind of like, okay, so let's take a look at this. What emotions do you want to feel? And then they'll say things like, well, I want to feel inner peace. And I just hold up right there. Hold up. You want to, you know, take making a hundred million dollar business. That's a, that's a long track. You're not going to be feeling a lot of peace on that road, my friend. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be having a lot of frustration. You're going to have a lot of challenges. You're going to be pulling out your hair. You're going to end up like me, right? So that's, <laughs> and, well, I'm voluntarily bald. I yeah. shave every morning. It's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's, that's the thing that, and, and so when they realize that they're like, oh yeah, wow. You know what? Your emotions have to match your direction in life, right? Because your emotions are ultimately your end goal because that's, what we do as human beings, as human beings, we are designed to fulfill one thing, and that's to fulfill our emotions and feelings. Here's a perfect example. We don't say, I think hunger or I think love. It's I feel love. I feel hunger. Mm. That's how our brain is designed from a neuroscience perspective as well. It's to fulfill our emotions. They're there for a reason. So if we're doing stuff, which a lot of people are doing these days, they're running the rat race, trying to make all this money, but they're not fulfilling the emotions. Well, what happens to their body, their state of mind? It's in a state of stress. 
because they're not fulfilling what their emotions are telling them to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And so their body is out of balance. They're not able to sleep properly or they have anxiety or they die early, for example, or they have other symptoms, right? Or they're just miserable. And that's because they're not fulfilling their emotions. And so that's a fundamental rudimentary part of being a human being is being in alignment with our emotions. I love that. Emotions have to match our direction in life. That is so powerful. That's gold right there. Okay, Pradeep, let me ask you this question. Let's say someone's listening to this episode and they're like, hmm, you know, he's making a lot of sense, but okay, he says to, you know, find out my emotions. I don't, I don't know what that, what does that mean? I mean, okay, okay, I'll give myself an hour this afternoon tonight. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about my emotions. But what do I do? Am I get, so do I get a notebook? Do I get a piece of paper? What do I walk me through that? Yeah, it's a simple exercise, but it's something worth taking your time to do and really say, okay, so what do I want to feel? What are some emotions that I'd like to feel? This isn't something, here's a good thing about being a human being. You can change, mm. you can evolve. And so take a look at how you want to feel, not necessarily how you do feel, because a lot of people keep themselves in that trap. So if you were to say, you know what, what are the emotions that you want to feel, whether everybody's felt happiness, everybody's felt joy, everybody's felt passion, some way, shape or form throughout their lives. It's to recall those moments and say, which one of those emotions do I, it's not that you, the list doesn't have to stop at five. That's not what I'm saying. But what are the ones that you want to feel on a consistent basis? Mm -hmm. And so just sit there with a notepad and say, what do I, you know, the, here's my top. Mine's love. Mine's passion. Mine's peace. Right. And those are the ones and joy. Those are the four that I have in my life. And so those are the ones that I try to be congruent with because if I'm doing something and then I relate it back to my emotions, if I'm not feeling those emotions and it's a voluntary exercise or thing, I task that I have to do, then why am I doing it? Mm. Right. And so the exercise itself is just sitting there, writing it down and just sitting on it for a few days and then coming back to it and saying, hmm, OK, maybe I want to change this a little bit. Maybe you want to change that. And then just have them there in front of you. See, here's the thing. Out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. Same things with your emotions. And this is one of the exercises that I tell people to do after that is what I call do emotional checks. You can get apps for this if you want to keep it super simple. There's like mood meters that will literally on the hour will actually send you a reminder and say, hey, look, how are you feeling? And so that is the most important thing is to keep it top of mind. How are you feeling? Because a lot of the times we just ignore our feelings. We are so, you can say, desensitized to them, especially in today's day and age with yeah. technology and go, go, go. So being aware is the first step. So every hour, just do a check and say, hmm, okay, well, right now I'm just kind of feeling chill. I'm on this podcast with you. I'm, I'm having some joy. I'm having a good conversation with you. So I'm in alignment with with um, plus, I'm passionate about this conversation, so I'm in alignment with my emotions. Um, there might be times where you aren't in alignment, and you just say, "Okay, do I need to change what I'm doing? Do I need to get myself out of this situation, or do I just need to change my attitude and actually start to enjoy it? Because there's no point in doing something unless you actually enjoy it, right? Yeah. And so, the other things you can actually change your mood. You can actually change your emotions because there's a direct link between your physiology. And your emotions. And so you can actually change by just by getting up and standing up and going for a walk, you can actually change your emotional state. By standing, it's actually shown now by standing, putting your chest out, your hands at your hips for two minutes, it's what, what's called a Superman pose, will actually boost your testosterone, will boost your confidence. Hmm. And so it'll put you in a different state. 
So there's different, you can see when a person is depressed or when they're sad, they're kind of more hunched over, right? So notice your body language because your body language gives you a signal. And it's, it's a two way signal between your brain and your body. If you go down like this and you're giving yourself and you can't see me on this podcast, but I'm kind of hunched over right now, you're giving your brain the signal that you're not feeling well. Yeah. And so your brain, then what it does is it reproduces that same signal and sends it back to your body. So you're just reconfirming an emotion that you don't want to feel, for example. It reminds me when people get up in the morning, there's two ways you can look at it. You can go, oh, it's morning. Or is it morning already? Or you can say, hey, it's morning. Yeah. Same sentence. And and I know a lot of people in my life who will go, oh, my knee hurts. Oh, my back hurts. I'm like, okay, all you're doing is saying, okay, yeah, the pain is probably real. But now you keep saying it instead of going, okay, uh, it's going to be okay or saying positive things. Now you're reinforcing that loop like you just talked about. You're going to say, oh, I feel pain. The brain goes, yeah, I feel pain. Let's not go do this. I'm a daily runner. Today, we're recording this on November 6th. It came out on November 7th. And I'm saying that. I hope I don't jinx it now. Something wrong. That was really funny. But today was the 800th day in a row I've run. Now, wow. every day has not been I was super in you know great shape. Sometimes my knee hurts. Sometimes my back hurts. I'm 54. Sometimes. But you know what? I go every single day. Mm-hmm. I don't ever go make excuses. I see a lot of people who are not living to their full potential. The first thing they do is they go for the excuses. Oh, my back. Oh, I can't, I can't go for a walk. I can't run. I can't walk the dogs today. I'm like, well, maybe if you walked, it would go away. A lot of times my knees hurt when I first start running. And after a couple of minutes, it goes away. But if you just go out there and go, oh, I'm not running today. I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to take a month off. And, and then you don't, then you just, well, you can sit in the couch and play video games all day. And so I think a lot of people, their default mechanism is to go to the, I can't, the negative vocabulary, the negative emotions, which as you illustrated earlier, now the brain goes, oh yeah, we do have a pain. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to make excuse. Yeah. We don't want to go run today. And all of a sudden now you get in this really vicious loop. And I think it's got to start with what's going on in our minds Instead of it's, there's no magic saying an affirmation. I mean, people think if you say, I feel great and you have a back pain, your back pain is not going to magically disappear. But I think if you have a positive attitude, I don't know too many people with positive attitudes who aren't doing well. Yeah. You know, and this is, this is a really good converse, uh, topic that we're discussing here because there's three levels in terms of how we experience this world as human beings. And this is the most important thing because this is what I've created from a system perspective because there's people out there that have written books on mindset. There's people that have written books on emotions and then there's people that have written books on, on, on energy, but no one's really brought it all together because we are an ecosystem as human beings. This is how we experience the world. We think we have thoughts. We feel. So we have emotions and we sense, which is a form of energy. That's how we experience this world as human beings. We think, we feel, and we sense. When We we have to understand that just by changing your mindset, it's not going to change your emotions. We have to focus on our emotions as well and focus on our energy. Here's an example. You can, you, your body, just by not feeding it properly, you can change, basically put your state in a body where it's not feeling well. You can have a positive mindset, but your body's going to influence your mindset because you're not feeling well physically because you put, whether it's junk food in your body, you haven't eaten properly, whatever it is, it's actually going to influence that. So taking care of that aspect of your body is important as well. And so all of these components work together 
in an ecosystem. So focus on your emotions. That's one thing that we don't focus on enough of as human beings that has the biggest impact because your emotions can actually direct your mindset and, and change your actually body state as well. So focus on those three things because I, I come across a lot of people that say, you know, I have the right mindset, but I'm just not getting this stuff done. It's because they haven't focused on their energy and they haven't focused on their emotions. And so by focusing a little bit on that, and uh, I can talk about the energy component, which is something that I see a lot of people lacking these days, is energy is the most vital resource that you have as a human being. People say it's time, especially in the entrepreneurial world, business world, people say time is your asset. It's not. Here's why. You can have a spare hour, but if you don't have the energy to use it effectively, you're not going to get what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. And you have a finite amount of energy. Here's what we do as human beings in today's age with technology and everything being a go-go-go society. Most of, of the people around today are either focused on the future or they're focused on the past. Here's what I want you to understand is... Can you hit a baseball tomorrow or can you hit a baseball yesterday? No, you cannot. Yeah. There's no such thing. Physics has actually shown this physics, quantum physics. There's no such thing as a future or the past. There's a continuous moment of now. And so the only place where the past and the future exist is in our mind. Here's where if people really grasp this, it actually changes the amount of energy they have and how they operate. If the average person is spending 50% of their thoughts thinking about the future or the past, they've diluted their 50% of their mental capacity. And your brain actually consumes calories. Guess what? Your brain actually consumes 20% of your daily calories. So if you're using half of that to think about something that you have no impact on right now, (laughs) then you've just given away your power. You've given away your biggest impact, which is in this moment. And when you realize that, you're like, wow, that is so true. The more present you are in the here and now, the more impact that you have on your future. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't strategize about your future, that you shouldn't think about your future, that you shouldn't reminisce about the past, but are they actually, are those thoughts actually empowering you? Because most people I know today are focusing on the past about things that they couldn't control, things that they should have done better, or they're focused on the future about things that they need to get done. Or, you know what, you know what, I got, I, I need to get this from a business perspective. Everybody, what I see today, which is really interesting, so many people are trying to get rid of this current moment to get to the next moment. Mm. And they live hour by hour that way, and then day by day, and then month by month. And then they just, can, they spend their entire lives trying to get to the next moment, not realizing that this is a moment where they have the biggest impact. Let so ask, that is, let me sorry, ask this question real quick. Why do you think people don't consider how they think, feel, and sense. Why do you, is it because they don't know how? Is it because they're lazy? Is it because they've always done it a certain way? They're just on autopilot. Why do you think people don't look at those things? Well, A, because no one's really taught them. Uh, And I think that's the thing. And the teachings that have been out there have been very sporadic and very segregated, for example. Okay. And so it's the same thing with uh, financial advice, and financial success. No one teaches that in high school. No one teaches that in elementary. No one teaches relationship skills in high school. But here's the key thing to remember. Does your finance, your finances impact your relationship to a certain degree? Yes. And do your, does your relationship impact your finances? Yes. Right. Although they're separate, they're still tied together because I can tell you right now, I was in the banking sector. The number one cause for bankruptcy is divorce. (laughs) 
So there's a tie, but no one's brought that together, right? And so that's the reason why people aren't focused on all three components. There's people that are focused solely on energy and spirituality, for example, or people that are focused on emotional intelligence or mindset is a big one right now. But you have to bring it all together and really sit down and actually say, okay, how does this work together? That is the most important thing because when you, when you bring that together, that's when you have the biggest impact. It's like, you know, that the 5% improvement in each actually has like a 60% improvement overall because it's actually working better together. Well, I like to give my guests, or not my guests, my listeners, something really simple that they can do to start getting momentum, to start getting in, moving in the right direction. Now, you've given us a lot to think about in the time you've been with us so far, and we're going to have some more conversation, but... What is one simple strategy? Maybe it's one you already gave, or maybe it's another one you can give us that somebody could do today. No excuses here. I want you to do whatever you're going to show us to do, Pradeep, that we, it won't take long, but we can get movement in the right direction. Because my fear is people listen to these episodes, and they go, wow, that man, that's a man, that Pradeep, man, he was on fire, really great. And then they go, on to the next meeting, to the next podcast, whatever, and they don't do it. So I want to give them a real quick win. So what is something that you can suggest they do that won't take a lot of time that they can get that first win? Yeah, that first one is just something I uh, talked about earlier, is download a mood, mood meter app or whatever it is and set the alarm on it. So for every hour, you're going to get a reminder now to say, how are you feeling? Okay. So that is the simplest thing that you can do. I can, I can say it's like the quickest thing, download, set it up. They'll take you 10 minutes at the max, and that will keep you cognizant in terms of, oh, okay, now I got to focus on my emotions. I should be more cognizant of my emotions. I love that because I have an Apple Watch, and when I first got the Apple Watch, it had this thing called a Breathe app on there, and I mm-hmm. thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. I told my wife, I said, I already breathe. What I, I don't even... So I turned it off (laughs) and then I started getting into meditation, but I don't like the long meditations. And then I realized one day, wait a minute, I have this breathe app and it's only for one minute. I've got a minute. And what's magical about this thing, I don't know how it happens. Whenever I'm most frustrated, all of a sudden I go ding and like, oh, I got to breathe. And it's amazing taking that one minute of stopping and doing some deep breathing, how much better I feel. It's, It's not the big hacks and strategies sometimes it's the real little ones that get you like wow i feel great like i tell people take a five to ten minute break away from your work area walk outside it's a small hack but it's so powerful everybody wants these major strategies but let's get you moving in the right direction first let's start doing the little things and start getting that big locomotive moving in the right direction and actually, you just touched on a really interesting topic, which is a core component of the work that I do, which is mindfulness. And that is so important these days. The breath is a central component. Oxygen is a central component to the human body. And so just taking that breath in, any state of stress, whatever that is, if you take a look, you catch yourself, it's actually shortness of breath. You're going to be taking very shallow breaths. Mm-hmm. When you take deep breaths and actually inhale, you can actually change your physical state You can and your emotional state almost instantaneously just by doing that. You can relax yourself. Here's something I recommend everybody to do, and that is meditate. And the, the biggest thing that I've seen, because there's neuroscience studies that show now 12 minutes of meditation a day will change the neuroplasticity of your brain. What does really? that mean? Yeah. Wow. It actually changes the brain cells that you have. It changes how the brain cells in your 
it connect with each other, your brain neurons, as we call them. It actually changes how they fire together. And there's this thing in your brain. So your brain is, is it's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's still con- yes. considered the most, you can say, complex things by scientists in the world or in the universe. They still can't figure it out. 86 billion neurons. Mm-hmm. And, and so here's, here's what, how it works. There's, your cells are firing all the time. And because we live in such a stressful time, we're out of sync in our thoughts. So our cells are firing in different ways in different times. And if the timing is off, let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's not synchronized. By meditating, you can actually synchronize the way your brain cells fire. And they've shown this through what they call EEG scans, what they actually take a look and see the electrical impulses in your brain to show how it actually syncs together. And I've been part of these studies and I've seen this, that your brain waves will actually start to sync. Wow. And so what, is, what does that do? You have more clarity. You have a clear state of mind. You can think better. If you can think better, you can manage your emotions better. So this has a long-term impact. Here's another thing, and we're kind of you know going in a different realm here, which is health, right? Physical health is your body is designed to heal itself. Mm. The reason why people are not healing is because we keep consuming things that are bad for us, and we are not letting our body heal by this constant state of stress. And it's been shown now through meditation. This is one of the main practices that they tell people that are in certain conditions is to meditate because it will actually start calming the body down and actually put your your body in a state of, you can say, I'm going to say Zen, but in a peaceful state mm-hmm. where it will actually start to heal itself. So wow. by not feeling that stress, your body just kicks into that repair mode, which is not able to when you're constantly feeling stress. And so meditation is absolutely critical for every single person. I highly recommend it. I, you know, I can share personal examples about my wife, about people in my life where I've, I've gotten them to meditate and it's changed their state of anxiety um, or their depression or stress. And so that has a massive impact on your quality of life altogether. And I can tell you it worked for me. Uh, like I actually did the one minute breathing before we got on this episode today. And, you know, people say, I don't have time to meditate. You don't have to meditate for 12 hours like a monk. Okay. Well, I found one minute. Now this isn't for everyone because the Apple watch, you can do like multiple minutes, whatever. I, one minute for me, I do at least, t- I try to do 10 minutes a day and I didn't know the number of 12. So it's, you know, doing, starting meditation is better than not doing any meditation. Mm-hmm. And I just say, start. I mean, that's what I do. I mean, the watch goes off and it won't go off now, but you know, just do something. I think people need to be aware. Uh, when I first got into productivity is I thought it was all about calendar apps and reminder apps. Now I realize that it's about self-awareness. If, for example, if you're not getting seven to nine hours sleep a night, it's very difficult to be productive. If yeah. you're not taking care of your mental attitude, very difficult. If you embrace negativity, if you're always uh, you know, watching the news and looking at all the bad stuff on social media, very difficult to be productive because now you're always angry. And mm-hmm. I think people need to really, I mean, I want to go look at an app. Do you have, by the way, do you have a mood, a mood meter recommendation for a particular app you use that you recommend? I don't use an app myself because I've trained myself. Okay. I'm constantly doing okay. it. Um, but I can, I can send that. So you can, you might be able to put that in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go look on the app store. I'll look for the high ratings and stuff like that. I I think it's really interesting because when it comes up every hour, you just, it takes a couple seconds to go, Oh, how am I feeling right now? And it's going to make you stop and go, wow. Okay. 
I'm not feeling what I want to feel. What can I do right now? Oh, I'm watching the news right now. That could be a big indicator. Or I, you know, or like I only drink water whenever, you know, I have my Contigo here. I always have water with me wherever I go. I, I gave up water. I gave up drinking everything but water about uh, six weeks ago. I feel great because yeah. the body doesn't need these other chemicals. The body, I used to love Diet Coke. Diet Coke's delicious, but it's chemicals. When mm-hmm. I started drinking just water, guess what? My body doesn't have to break it down. We we're talking about energy. When you drink water, your body knows what to do with it. It doesn't need to break down the water. It knows what to do with it. When you drink soda, you drink beer or liquor, it's got to break it down and find the good stuff and get rid of the rest. And so yeah. the less work we can give our body to do, then it can concentrate on us so we can perform at an optimal level and be productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, one of the things that you just touched on is uh, I find today people are very afraid of sitting with their own thoughts mm-hmm. and they try to keep themselves so busy. And that's one of the reasons why uh, meditation, I can promise you, if, if you don't like to do it, you will eventually like to do it if you stick with it. It may take you a few months, but the more and more you do it, you calmer the state of your mind, you're actually going to be like, wow, I've never felt this kind of peace before in my life. Because that's what it's ultimately meant to do is really put you in a state of balance. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm reading sorry, a book by James Altucher right now, and he wrote it with his wife called The Power of No. And they've got a chapter in there about silence. And when I read the chapter, I'm like, wow, I don't know. I mean, I tried to embrace silence several times throughout my day, but I know a lot of people when they have a moment, they always grabbing their phones. No one, a lot of people aren't taking the time to be quiet. I mean, don't think about anything. Don't talk to anyone. Just be quiet. And if I was, if we stopped talking for a minute, that would seem like eternity because people who don't <laughs> like it sound, they go, is there, is this on? Hello, what's going on? My, what's happened to my iPhone? I think it's not just the meditation. I think it's also being quiet. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you know, you're the guy, you're the productivity guy. So, I, you know, one of the things that I, um, I, I'm firm believer. So when, when I meditate, so I'm, I'm firm into this. I'll meditate for an hour, an hour and a half is in those moments. I do not think about anything. My mind is gone. Like I'm out of here, but those are the moments that as soon as I get into out of the state of meditation, my creativity has like, it's just, i all my best ideas come out when I'm out of a state of meditation, because that's how the brain works. When you put it in a state of balance, it will come up with creative ideas. So if you want to be more productive, you have to silence your brain at times mm. and allow it to sink itself so it can be more productive. So think about it from this perspective. Your brain is, is, is like, a, let's just say equated to an engine. It's your vehicle. The more you drive it, because you have to drive it pretty hard sometimes, it's eventually going to burn out, right? Yep. It's eventually. And so if you don't rest it, it's not at its peak performance. So the more you rest your brain, that's you talked about sleep, for example, you know, I'm talking, we're talking about meditation that will enable you to be that much more productive throughout your day. Yeah. It seems like people want to be more productive by working harder. No, we all heard the story and um, Stephen Covey talks about in this rules, uh, seven habits effective people, you know, you can just try to saw down a tree with a dull, uh, a dull blade, or after every couple hours or a couple minutes, whatever, you sharpen the saw. And that's what we're trying to do. And I learned from Brendan Burchard through his Experts Academy, it's not enough just to be quiet. Close your eyes. 
because we don't stop and think about how much processing our eyeballs and our brains are doing all day. So we close our eyes. Now the eye doesn't have to process, oh, there's a cloud there. There's a truck over there. There's a flower there. And these are simple things. And when people say, I don't have time to meditate meditate or be quiet, I'm like, you need it more than anyone. If you don't have the time, you need to make it a number one priority. It's like It's like me and reading. When I found out that people who are high performers, who are very successful people, um, they read Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, Brendan Burchard, you know, they read a lot. I'm like, huh, they're successful. They're reading a lot. Maybe there's something here. And so, you know, it's not hard to achieve that next level of what you call limitless uh, life. It's not that hard if you're just willing to put in the work. Yeah, the, one of the big things here is when it comes to the neuroscience of how the brain works, 99% of our processing that happens actually happens beside, behind the scenes. We don't, we don't even know or are aware of that wow. brain processing. The thoughts that we get are just the 1% that our unconscious part of our brain is actually sending to our conscious part to say this is important. Why does this, Why is this fact important? Because your brain is constantly working. It's constantly thinking about things. It's constantly processing information. If you can learn how to silence it so it can actually be more effective and efficient on the back end, you're going to be more creative in life. You're going to be more productive. You're going to come up with more options because this is, and I see this all the time, I can give two entrepreneurs the exact same strategy. One will execute better than the other person because of their state of mind, because of their ability to manage their thoughts, all of that unconscious processing. Here's a perfect example, Mark, is if you're at a party and you're talking to someone, there's a lot of noise, people are having conversation, you're not paying paying attention to other people's conversation. Or are you? Because the minute you hear your name, Mark, what ends up happening? Yep. Boom. You turn around and you say, who called my name? Why? That will tell you your unconscious brain is constantly processing things. Yeah. It's constantly looking out there for things. That's how the brain works. Yeah. And and the brain is on the computer. You don't shut it down. Like you shut a computer down. You don't, the brain never gets turned. Well, it does get turned off when you're dead. So we don't want the brain turning off because that's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. But there's so much power in there. That's where it all stems from, from becoming limitless. Because limitless isn't about doing something, you know, funky or, you know, you're taking, if you've seen that movie Limitless and taking that that pill NZT, yep. um, you know, that's not what it's about. It's actually allowing your brain to function effectively you and your body to function effectively. When you do that, your body is actually very phenomenal. Your brain is phenomenal. It will actually do things. It will create options for you that you never knew existed just by taking care of it. Well, you know, we could talk for a very long time on this stuff. This is a powerful, powerful episode. I still want to go back to that one thing you said really early in the episode. Emotions have to match our direction in life. And I want the listener to think about that. Look at your emotions. I am going to go on the app store and look for that app because I, I, I just out of curiosity, I want to see how my emotions are throughout the day. Really important. Take a look at your emotions, folks. Pradeep, where can we find more about you online? Yeah, so I'm on pretty much every, well, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at PradeepSanga.com. You can also visit my website, PradeepSanga. I'm more than happy to connect and I love to uh, hear from people. So if you reach out, I'm 
I'd be uh, I'd be happy to uh, to touch base. Well, I want to tell you, I'm thrilled that you were on the show today because you know we don't spend a lot of time thinking or even talking about our emotions. Uh, I've had people talk about meditation, and I know people go, oh, "Yeah, meditation. I should probably meditate." If you're stressed, you need to become even more self aware because there's something going on there. And you know, I like when people say, "Well, I'll sleep and I'm dead." Well, if you don't take care and get enough sleep. You may get your wish sooner rather than later. <laughs> the book I recommend everyone to get is uh, Ariana Huffington's book, The Sleep Revolution. Read that book. It'll scare you to death to get seven to nine hours sleep a night. And if people don't know how much sleep you're getting a night, well, we have these things called iPhones and watches, and you can actually track your sleep. Find out how much sleep you're really getting. Because most mm-hmm. people tend to overestimate how much sleep they're getting or tend to overestimate, well, yeah, I meditated some today. Well, how long? I did a little bit. You don't know because you didn't track it. So yeah. track it, and that way you really know. So this is a great episode. I want to thank you for being on the show, for delivering all this value. An absolute honor having you on the show, sir. Yeah, my pleasure, and thank you. I truly appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here today. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, and sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. Give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you how to be more productive, a more productive version of you. Also, you can find out about my productivity coaching and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Hey, if you haven't done so already, it would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would subscribe to the podcast. When you do, more people find out about the podcast, and I can help more people. And if you know people in your life, family, friends, coworkers, bosses, whoever, strangers, I don't care, who could benefit from this, Tell them about the podcast. If they don't know what a podcast is, offer to download it for them on their phone. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. I love you so much. Now take what we talked about in the show today and go be productive.